Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, it's including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Early Duncan had it, they turned it over. alley back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, sitting here with Doug West. Doug, it's been a while. It's been about a month. You've been traveling all over the the AAU circuit and you're back now. So first off, how was the trip? How'd the girls do and how are you feeling? Oh, uh, well, um, I'm recovered. Uh, finally after, you know, finished last, uh, finished on Monday, uh, Monday, the 26th. So that was, uh, the last day, um, for me. So I've recovered. Uh, we had a, we had a pretty good summer, I would say. Um, you know, not as great as last year, but good summer. Um, Got a lot of young ladies uh, going off to college to play basketball. So that's really the goal at the end of the day. Um, So it was fun. Um, Yeah, I spent 19 of the first 26 days of July on the road. So it's a lot. It's a lot to be away from home that long. And I'm sure it was fun, but I'm sure you were exhausted. Uh, So some rest recovery was definitely needed when you got back to Philly. Be balled out was the word. Yeah. Well, when you were on your trip and actually pretty much like right after we recorded our last podcast, which was about a month ago, the Timberwolves traded for Rudy Gobert. So you and I haven't even discussed this. Now, we're not going to break any news in this podcast and a lot of it's been talked about, but I just want to get your opinion on on that fit and what you think that's going to look like. Because So we kind of talked about when the Timberwolves had the draft, we talked right. about the Walker Kessler, Carl Anthony Towns two bigs in the same court. Well, obviously it's kind of the same thing, except for the second big is probably a top 25 player in the league instead of a rookie that was drafted in the twenties. So what are your thoughts on pairing cat with Gobert and how do you think this is all going to work out? Well, if I recall um, when we had this discussion, I was not for the, for the uh, trade. Um, I was uh, against it, uh, you know, and I think I'm I mainly looked at uh, results in playoffs um, situations um, in which other teams uh, could go and exploit, um, you know, both uh, Rudy and Carl on the, on the court at the same time. But as I've, you know, right after it happened, I sat back, you know, I listened to some of the quote unquote experts and, and their thoughts um, you know, not not still not excited about it, but I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Um, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if, if uh, they're able to pull Rudy away from the basket and, and what's the, what's the cause, uh, the, the effect of it, um, you know, again, yeah, top 25 player. Um, I just have thought, and I keep seeing, it seems like the game is getting away from seven footers um, yeah. that are, that are just standing in, in the paint. Um, and, you know, maybe, you know, I know Finchie's uh, good at developing. Uh, maybe he can Rudy. Next thing we know, Rudy has a he's a stretch five <laughs> shooting, shooting some jumpers. So so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So we did. We talked about the hypothetical Rudy Gobert trait on the last podcast. I forgot about that until you just mentioned it. And I I also was a staunch non believer. I didn't want that to work. I I think I said like. Give me Miles Turner if you want to try two bigs, right. at least somebody who can right. spread the floor a little bit. Um, right. I've come around on the Rudy Gobert trade quite a bit. <laughs> um, obviously, they, you know, once somebody's on your team, then you like start thinking a little bit differently. But the thing that I do like about it is obviously that he provides the two things that the Timberwolves lacked the most last season, which was defensive rebounding and rim right. protection. So that, po- that part of it, um, I do like. And then going back to kind of just watch some of Gobert play it, and then just watching the Utah Jazz in general, the Jazz perimeter defense has has been awful. And the, and the Gobert still has had them as a top 10 defense for like his entire career. So I think that's an important thing to remember is hopefully, in theory, the Timberwolves have a better perimeter defense than Utah did. Obviously, you traded away Patrick Beverly, one of your best perimeter defenders. Jared Vanderbilt also was another good perimeter defender. But when you have still McDaniels, who is right. more than likely going to be starting at the three, which I think is a better spot for him. And then Anthony Edwards, at times, has been a really great defender. At times, his awareness has been a little bit lacking. But I think um, we can count on him to at least be a solid defender. Then it's going to come down to you know, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, how well could Cap move his feet guarding fours? I just think that the Wolves have a better personnel to help complement Gobert. And I think J.D. McDaniels is one of the best weak side rim protecting wings in the league. So I think that will help Gobert some too, because he's never really had anybody to help him with that. And then I think Gobert can move his feet probably better than I've given him credit for. <laughs> so if you maybe have Cat on the backside to come over at least that's a big body he's not a good rim protector but if he's coming over and help side at least he can maybe cause some disruption so i'm interested to see how that all looks obviously adding kyle anderson's going to help your defensive versatility too i guess from the one big question i have for you defensively is or i guess just in general do you think that it's going to be a situation where carl anthony towns and rudy gobert play together a lot and then maybe you're on the bench at the same time, or do you think it's going to be a situation where one of those two is on the court for the entire 48 minutes of the game? I, I would like to, I would hope, I mean, they're, they're getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> I would hope that one of the two of them are on the court. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a situation where, you know, you could be able to pull Rudy off the, off the court and move cat down to the five, um, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, um, Anderson in at the four, um, you know, uh, and vice versa. You have to get Cat off the court, um, keep Rudy on the court as the five. Um, so making sure that one one or the others on the court 
Um, I don't know if we're going to go a whole 48 minutes, but right. you know, maybe 44 minutes, 44 of the 48 minutes. So um, I think that's, that's, that's definitely uh, doable. Um, and uh, you know, it gives, it gives the wolves, you know, a few different looks, um, you know, with, with them. And, you know, I'm sure they can also put a lineup lineup out there where they can go really big. Um, you yeah. Know, really, really long with, with some length. So uh, I mean, that's going to be the starting lineups going to be really long. Yeah. It's going to be really long. Yes, exactly. So yeah. I think what you mentioned with Kyle Anderson there, I think that's the big thing is so say cat and Rudy both play like they're 34 minutes a game. So there's going to be, if those two are one of them's on the court at all times, there's going to be 14 minutes that they each have alone and then 20 minutes together. So I think in those minutes where they're alone, I think Kyle Anderson is a good person to have next to cat. He adds a little bit more defense, uh, but offensively he's lacking obviously more of a jump shot. He's a good passer. And then when Rudy's on the floor, Torian Prince, I think is a good option to have at the four next to him. You add some okay defense. He's a, he's like, a. I'll get to my spots and I know where to be probably right. not the strongest or quickest guy, uh, but he can also shoot the ball and score the ball. So I think those are two complementary power forwards to have next to those guys when they're not um, on the floor together. Let's talk about, we already talked about Kyle Anderson pickup and everything. Let's just talk about what you think that he means now in this concept of the Timberwolves where now you don't have Vanderbilt, you don't have uh Beasley or excuse me, Beverly. So you lost two of your better defenders. Kyle Anderson is going to come in and have to be one of the better defenders. Um, what type of role do you see for him this year? Yeah, well, I, I think Kyle's a, a really smart player. Um, he's really intelligent on both the offensive end and the defensive end. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I thought, uh, Memphis, um, when he was in the game last year, went to a lot of their zone, their zone looks. Um, and, you know, he was able to, you know, cover ground um, as a zone defender. Um, you know, he, he has got size, um, solid body. Um, and I, I think he, he moves his feet well, um, you know, for his for his size. And and again, he knows he knows how to be a team defender. So I think that that that'll be a, a good a good role for him. Um, and, I, and I also think, you know, he, he can knock down some shots. Um, you know, I think he hasn't been in that in that role um, in the last uh, few years where he's been needed to, to score. But I think that he'll have an opportunity to, to get some looks um, because of the attention some of the other players will be getting on the Wolves. And I think he'll be able to knock down their shots. Yeah, I mean, he did shoot 36 percent from three a couple of years ago. He scored 12 points a game. So it's not like he's a liability on offense. I actually think he's a really solid passer. Um but I think he's going to provide a lot of things uh, defensively too, that the wolves definitely will be missing with Jared Vanderbilt um, going out in the trade. And he's I think also, he can... go ahead. He's also one of those guys who can get the ball off the board and, and, and take it. Yeah. Um, right. You know, being able to, you know, as you said, being a solid passer, but also being able, being able to be a very good ball handler. Um, so he's a guy that can, that can also initiate offense. Um, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of teams, um, they like to play through that, through that four. Um, so I could see him in that role as well. Yeah. And, and I think we maybe touched on this when we talked last, but when he was at UCLA, I mean, pretty much was the point guard of that offense. And I think what's important for this Wolves team, when you consider that your point guards are D'Angelo Russell and then Jordan McLaughlin, you know, if you lose one of those guys, you really don't have another true point guard. So you're gonna have to rely more 
on Anthony Edwards to take mm-hmm. those duties. So if you can put players in that are capable playmakers for the position, right. like Anderson is at the four, um, that will take some of the load off of all the playmaking duties being on, say, if Delo's out for a game. Now, Anthony Edwards doesn't have to be the main initiator of an offense for 35 minutes, which I think would be a good thing also. And also, I think Anderson can knock down. He's not a great three-point shooter. You know, like I said, his best season's 36%. Uh, but he does score decently well from the mid-range. So he's not like mm-hmm. dunker. He's not a dunker spot kind of guy on offense. Right. He has a lot more um, chops than that, which is which is nice. Let's that's talk- also... That's also interesting, and maybe this is where you were going with talking about, but um, added Austin Rivers to this team as well. Yeah. Um, you know, another capable ball handler. Um, right. You know, you know, someone who's, who's uh, you know, who's shown that he can play a few different positions, um, and, um, and he's, he's had a pretty solid, solid career um, going. And was a somewhat, I saw that, uh, good pickup there. Yeah, I mean, when anytime you get a guy on a minimum contract that has NBA level skills, that's right. That's a good pickup. Um, I wasn't going to Austin Rivers. I was going to somewhere else, but we can go to Austin Rivers and we'll go to the next guy next. Rivers is uh, obviously in high school. He was a highly sought after right. prospect. Um, hasn't had the NBA career that maybe people thought he would, but he's shown over the past couple of seasons, some really good defensive um, performances guarding Steph Curry, even in the playoffs. I think he did a really solid job. Um, as good as anyone can do trying to guard Steph Curry. So that was cool. I don't know if he's quite an elite defender, like Tim Connolly said, but I think he is serviceable. (laughs) But what I think is important about him is he's another person that can put pressure on the rim. The wolves don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of guards that can do that. They have Noel, they have Ant, and now they have Rivers. So if you're missing someone, you have somebody to come in there. Because, I mean, Jordan McLaughlin's not doing a lot of that. Uh, Kyle Anderson's not going to do that. Wendell Moore, at this point, his career is not going to do that. So you really need someone to get downhill and do that. That was something the Wolves lacked even last season. Um, So I think that's nice. I don't know if he's really going to be in the rotation when it's fully healthy. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Like, it's interesting. It's it's interesting. That's very interesting. And it's he's coming from Denver, right? Yeah, he was in Denver. Yeah. yeah. So Connolly, Connolly's uh, knows, him. knows knows him. Um, he's he's had him um, on a team. I think he's that he's that solid veteran presence that you need um, on the team and in the locker room. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they use him. It's going to be interesting to see how they use this roster. Um, you know, that's the you know, and, and, and you'll figure this out um, being the head coach now. That's uh, you know, you you get to put all these pieces together, and it's like you know what fits, what works, how does it work. Um, who plays well together, who doesn't play well together. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see where, where coach Finch goes with this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like I said, for a guy that's making the veteran minimum contract, right. like there's not a lot of risk involved. If he doesn't fit with your players, I mean, like right, he's... he doesn't have to play. So <laughs> I, I don't mind that pickup at all. Um, he played, I think, yeah, 22 minutes in Denver last year, scored six points. So he had a played in 67 of their games. So he had a yeah, role. So he, he had a role. Yes, he definitely had a role. And I'm sure it's the Tim Connolly connection that made him want to come here. Another player that got brought in was Bryn Forbes, who different than Austin Rivers can't play defense at all. 
<laughs> doesn't have much uh, skills putting the ball on the floor either, really. He, he's a shooter. And, and the, the Wolves need guys like that. I don't know. I'd be more surprised if he's really in the rotation to start the season when it's fully healthy, just because and pretty much all he is is a catch and shoot guy. But when you need a spark, that's probably a guy that you're, you're looking to. what do you think of that pickup? Another minimum deal. Another guy that was in Denver last season under Tim Conley. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those guys, as we said, a catch and shoot guy. Um, you know, he's, uh, when he, he gets those feet set and he's, he's set up behind that three point line. It's, it's, it's pretty good, pretty good results. Um, you know, he's always uh, been a solid, um, shooter and does his role well. So it will be again, another player, like you just said, it will be interesting to see how, you know, do, do these pieces fit early on, or is it something that you're waiting for t- later in the season? Um, you know, how, how are you, how are they going to utilize these players? Um, you know, I think just looking um, earlier today, I think there's like 21, 21 players on the roster right now. So it's going to be, be interesting to see who's there and who's not, you know, who's, who's of the 12 that are, I mean, the 15 that are, that are going to be on the team um, and, and how it goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like with the thing is like, you never have a fully healthy roster, right. like right. rarely do you have every rotational player is healthy <laughs> and ready to go in a season. The Timberwolves had really good injury luck last year. I'm sure they won't be that lucky this year. Um, so having those types of depth depth pieces that can fill in certain roles is going to be nice. Do you, would you consider this Wolves team? I mean, to have okay depth, good depth, bad depth. What, I mean, just looking at the names of the roster. I mean, you look at the names on the roster and you say it's, it's, it's okay depth. Um, you know, I, I look at, you know, they have, they have depth, uh, people that can come in, uh, in, in, in important roles. Um, but they have a solid starting lineup too. So, you know, as those guys are going to be logging some minutes as well. So, you know, you just got to have guys that come in and, and can play, play their role, uh, play the position on the team and come in, uh, do what they're, what they're, what they're best at doing. And, uh, you know, that's, that's always a thing, you know, with, with the NBA, it's like, you know, when you, you go from the starters to the bench, What's the drop off? You know, how does it, right. is there a drop off? Does it stay the same? Um, do, do you have a spark off that bench? Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the bench, the bench will be strong. I mean, it looks strong on paper right now. Yeah, I, I think so too. And like you said, it's nice to have that. Um, oh, yes. What, let's talk about the person that actually just got brought in yesterday. So this is an old news, like everything else we've been talking about. Uh, Eric Pascal got brought in. He's a guy that was in Utah last year. He's a two-way contract guy. He's the second two-way that the Wolves have. Um, Villanova guy. Not going to have a, much of a role probably, but I think he's better than your typical two-way guy. So I think to get him on a two-way contract is a big win for the Timberwolves to have that NBA-ready type of player available for you to play if you need them is really good. Obviously, yes, Villanova guy, you're a Villanova guy. What do you think of, of Eric Pascal's game and what he could bring to the Timberwolves if they need, you know, if his minutes ever do come up due to injury or whatever else? Um, 
He showed great signs um, his first year in Golden State. Um, you know, he he had some some very big games. Um, Eric is an athletic man child. Um, I mean, this this kid can jump out the gym. Um, he shoots the ball. He can put the ball on the floor. He can finish at the basket. Good rebounder. Um, I think it's just a situation where he has to find the right team and the right fit for him. Um, and, you know, this this could be one of those fits. Uh, you know, he can defend. Um, he, like I said, he's a strong young man. Um, and uh, he can do a lot of things, a lot of things uh, around basketball, around the, around the court. Um, he's solid. He should be a solid player on both ends of the court. That's how he was, that's how he was trained in college. And uh, I'm sure that uh, he hasn't let much of that go. Actually, I'll probably see him this weekend. Okay. Yeah. So I think I saw someone refer to Eric Pascal as a bowling ball. I mean, he is just, <laughs> he's a big dude. I mean, he's not super tall. I think he's like six, 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 seven, maybe, but he is strong and athletic. Like he can move well. Um, he shot the ball pretty decent last year from three, I think 37%. He's just been getting better as you know, the years ago on his first year, didn't shoot great from, from three, but he was, I mean, scored 14 points. He had a great rookie season. Then the second year, I mean, the Warriors started to get better. Get healthy. And then his minutes dwindled. And then last year he played only like 12 minutes a game in Utah. So he does have experience playing next to go bear. I don't know necessarily. I haven't looked how those two played together on the floor. If it was a positive thing, a negative thing. Um, I like, the pickup, I mean, if you need some insurance for anyone, like Nathan Knight insurance, some, you know, Pascal's going to play the four. Um, I think he could play next to Cat. I think he could play next to Gobert um, just because of how solid he is on, on both ends of the floor. So I like that pickup, not one that I was expecting to see on a two-way. I was expecting, you know, a lesser name to get picked up, and and I like that pickup. I think it's like I said, I don't know how much help or how many minutes he's going to get, but I think he's going to be worth it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, it could be this could be the team that works for him. Um, you know, he's been moved around a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's always about trying to find that that spot where you feel most comfortable and where they and where the team feels most comfortable with you. Yeah. And he's on like I said, he's on a two way contract. Two way, Yep. But the Wolves have players who don't have fully guaranteed contracts this season and if they think that pascal has played his way into a standard nba contract nothing's stopping the wolves from waving whoever and and signing pascal to a standard nba contract so it's not like he's locked into that two-way contract right. and next year he's gonna be gone and be somewhere else there's a chance that he could make this team and and actually be um on a standard deal at some point this year let's uh let's talk about Summer league. I don't know how much of summer league you were able to watch being on the road <laughs> for the entire time of it. Um, I thought Josh Minot looked really good in summer league. Um, his jump shot looked better than it was. I don't think it's going to be great. Uh, defensively, I thought he had shades of like Josh Kogi, Jared Vanderbilt, just kind of energized being everywhere in the floor. Did you see anything of summer league or hear anything? I, I, I would, I would have, I would be lying to you if I said that I saw any summer league that just happened to be right in the middle of all of my stuff that was going on yeah. um, with AAU. And that's what I, and, that's what uh, I it was, you know, I would, 
get a glimpse of a game here or there, but you know, it was never, I don't think I ever once would I look up that I saw that the wolves were playing um, on, on TV. Now I have looked um, gone back and looked at some of the things that happened. And uh, I did see where uh, uh, Josh Minot, Minot, My, yeah, I think it's Minot, Minot, sure. Minot yeah. you know, solid, solid summer, solid summer. Um, you know, the team, you know what that I only saw that they played five games. Did they played more than five games. Uh, I think it was five. Okay. Um, like two and three or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so summer league was always one of those, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't as big when I was in, when I was playing as it is now, you know, we had our summer league in San Antonio. Now they go to Vegas. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a, it's a big difference and it's, it's, uh, it's always a good, it's always a good uh, showing for, for players. And, uh, you know, from what I, from what I've seen, he, he showed well. Yeah. He, obviously showed well enough to make a full NBA contract. You know, people assumed he's probably going to end up on a two way. I don't think he's going to have much of a role, but I mean, kind of where it was like with a Kogi last year, if you really need someone to pester, you know, an opposing wing, my not's a guy you can probably, probably look to. And I, I think after watching summer league, it's safe to say for me that there's not 44 or 45, wherever he got drafted, players that are better than Josh Minot. I think he's going to show that he's a first-round talent from that draft. Um, but obviously at Memphis, he didn't play a ton, a lot of that having right. to do with, I guess, from what I understand, Penny Hardaway's assistant recruited him, and Penny didn't do it, and Penny had his own guys. And I don't know a lot about <laughs> it, but apparently he wasn't one of Penny's guys, so he kind of fell down on the – the depth no. chart. So, right. but, and he seems like a great kid. I don't know if you watch any of his interviews, but he's like, if we could ever get Anthony Edwards and Josh Minot to just sit and do an interview together, I think it would be like musty <laughs> television because they both are just youthful and exuberant type of personality. So he, I thought he played really well. Wendell Moore didn't on the other hand, impress a lot of people. Um, he looked a little out of place athletically, but for me, I'm not super concerned. I think he's a player that when you put good players around him, he's going to look a lot better just because he's not a super great athlete, but he's more of a smart. I think the summer league coach called him an old man's soul. So for him, I think if and when he gets minutes on the, the big Timberwolves team, I think that he's going to look a lot better than he did in summer league. Yeah, I think I think for some players, summer league's hard. I mean, you have you have uh, you know a lot of guys who are going out there, and even though they're on a team, you know they know that this is just an opportunity to be seen by other teams. And um, you know, some guys look great in summer league, and then you see them during the regular season, and it's like, well, what happened to that player? Um, you know, so you know, so, you know, and, and some guys, uh, you know, they they, they got they're trying to figure out the whole the whole lay of the land, you know, how, how does this really work? Um, you know, you know, how, you know, this, the game's different and, you know, we, we really look to when that season starts and, you know, the exhibition games start happening to see how players are, are starting to fit in, you know, especially when they get a, a full training camp um, yeah. under them. Yeah. And Wendell Moore is just such a connector, you know, he's not a star player where he's going to go right. drop 30 points um, and having guys that know what they're doing more. So, I think that's just going to help him out. So I think once he gets, even if he's playing in Iowa a lot, I right. think that he, 
those players are, you know, the guys that are on the edge of making it to the NBA. So I think that he's going to, he'll be fine. Um, I don't think it's much concern. I want to go back to talking about Rudy Gobert. We talked a lot about his defensive fit. Let's talk about his <coughs> offensive fit. What did you, what do you envision for him? Obviously he's a great screener, um, a really good pick and roll player. What are you envisioning as his role on offense for this Timberwolves team? What you just said, <laughs> screen and roll, um, throw it up, catch lobs, um, because he's he's an excellent finisher around the basket. I mean, what I think, what's he? He's in the sixty percent percent shooting. And, um, I think he shot seventy something last year. Oh, okay. So I mean, and he might have led the league in dunks. Um, you know, so he's he's really able to finish around the basket. Great hands. Um, you know, to be able to knock down the you know, little 17, 15, 17 foot jumper would be, would be awesome. Huge. Yeah. Um, you know, for him, um, you know, just being able to, you know, space the floor somewhat, get that, get that guy out of, out of the help position and, uh, be able to knock down shots. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that he's going to be a, a player where we're, we're going to come down and throw the ball into him as a post up, um, right. time after time. Um, but um, I think he'll be he'll be very uh, usable um, on the offensive end. Yeah, I, I think with him, it's kind of when you think of like what Jared Vanderbilt did on offense last year, a lot of dunker spot stuff. Right. It's going to be more screening. I'm excited to see what Finch does with types of screening actions and horn sets and all that, where you can get you know Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns involved in some sort of action. I'm excited to see what that looks. He's one of the best screeners in the game, one of the best pick and roll players in the game. Um, I think it'll be good for D'Angelo Russell to have a lob threat mm-hmm. kind of like he did with Jared Allen in Brooklyn. Um, Cause we saw that duel be very fruitful. The thing that you think about Rudy Gobert and you think about all of his offensive limitations, he's not a post-up threat and he's also not a jump shooter. Um, last year, the Utah jazz with Rudy Gobert as their starting center were the best offense in the league. They, so I don't think it's going to be, I actually think the offensive fit is a lot cleaner than the defensive fit for Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. Seems weird because when you think of Gobert, like a defensive three-time player. defensive player of the year, and I don't think it's necessarily him that's going to make the defensive fit weird. I think it's just the idea of Cat at the four and him at the, at the five and what that's going to look like and changing the scheme from last year. Offensively, I think it's going to be great. He's going to be in the dunker spot. He's got better hands than Vanderbilt, so that's going to help. He screens better than Vanderbilt. That's going to help. Transition-wise, Vanderbilt's better. He could get out, run the floor a lot faster. We're not going to see that with Gobert, but we're going to see a lot more um, pick and rolls that I think are going to end up working really well. I was worried when we talked about this, about the space, like clogging of space for you know Anthony Edwards driving and stuff. I'm not as worried about that when I just sit down and think about we also had Vanderbilt on the floor for most of, you know, 26 minutes a game or whatever it was last year. I think Edwards is going to have space, especially if Gobert's the one creating that space with the screen. So offensively, I actually think the fit is I love the fit. And obviously, Utah played really well offensively last year, had the best offensive rating in the entire league. So he obviously can't be that detrimental to an offense. Yeah, well, Utah, Utah had a lot of offensive firepower too on that team. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, 
come off the bench with Clarkson and uh, you know, the, the offensive firepower was just, was, was, was high level. Uh, you know, it didn't work out for them in the playoffs, but I, I agree with you. Um, I think that, you know, Rudy's a, a smart player. He's, he's been around, he knows how to, how to roll, win the role, um, you know, when the drag behind, um, stay out of to stay out of the way. Um, but also he'll be there to crash the crash the boards if 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 a shot's missed. Um so I th- I think I think offensively uh it'll work out it'll work out just fine. I, I I just like I said if he's ever gets to a point where he's picking and popping um that's that's really uh when when the wolves now now we're going downhill one on one you got four guys around around the perimeter able to knock down shots. So that's that's when it's going to look even better. I think that offensively he even if he never does get that jump shot like i'm not going to count on that i've talked about that with so many players i mean if vanderbilt <laughs> ever gets a jump shot he's going to be great if a kogi ever can shoot the three it's going to be great i'm not going to count on that but i do think that if that it doesn't have to be three but even if a mid-range came that would yep. that would create a lot of problems um i'm sure it's something that he works on you know it just takes years when a guy comes in as a complete non-shooter you're not going to go from that to a shooter in, in two, three, four seasons. I'm sure it's something he's been working on uh, for a long time. We'll see if it comes about, but even if it doesn't, I think, I think it'll still be fruitful. You mentioned Utah having a lot of offensive firepower, obviously Donovan Mitchell, crazy good offensive player. Bojan Bogdanovic, also a really good offensive player. Clarkson coming off the bench. I think the Wolves can replicate a lot of that. When you think about Anthony Edwards, if mm-hmm. he takes that next step, He's going to be um, close to as good as Donovan Mitchell, you know, potentially. Cat uh, obviously is a great offensive player. D'Angelo Russell is going to be a really good pick and roll partner, I think. Um, then you got some guys off the bench. Jalen Noel can go get a bucket. Austin Rivers, like we talked about, he can go get a bucket. I don't know if the Wolves are going to be the best offense in the league. It's hard to be the best offense in the league when you have all these talented teams like the Warriors. And I mean, the Hawks are going to be really good offensively. Um, but I think they're going to be top 10 offensively. Um, let's talk about the team as a whole. The Vegas win total projections came out, which don't mean a lot, but it is interesting to talk about them. I think the Wolves opened at 48 and a half wins. Okay. And then I think it dropped down to 47 and a half. So they're sitting there. They won 46 games last year. So it's like two or three game projection higher than the amount they won last year. Obviously last year we got to take into account, which I think a lot of people, they come on here and they're like, well, they won 46 games last year. They're adding Rudy Gobert. They're going to win 56 games this year. You got to sit back and think Damian Lillard's going to be healthy. Portland's going to be a better team. Zion Williamson's going to be back. New Orleans is going to be a better team. Kawhi Leonard's going to be back. The Clippers are going to be a better team. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are going to be back. Denver's going to be a better team. So I think it's just going to be, I think the Wolves are going to be, be a better team than last year, but with the other people getting healthy, I don't know if like a 10 win jump is like in the cards. I think they're going to win over 50 games in my opinion, probably like 52, but I don't think that means they're only marginally better than they were last season. What are your thoughts on, on that win totals, everything taking yeah, into I, I, account all of it? Yeah, just with what you said, um, you know, and <laughs> until I hear it all the time, you know, I always forget about Kawhi Leonard being off the Clippers last year and right. 
what they what they have coming back. And uh, you know, they're they're gonna be they should be very good. Um, Denver should be, you know, very good. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with even with LA, um, with the Lakers. Uh, you know, how how does that how does that thing play out right. out there? So I, I I was I would think around the 50 win win mark as well. Um but it, it is going to be it is going to be a uh, a situation where the team could could be a lot better. But you know, as, as far as wins and losses, uh, the the competition in the Western Conference is just so. I mean, I mean, it's it's a deep conference. Yeah, um, really, really deep conference with a lot of a lot of good players. I um, mean, a lot of these a lot of these teams match up very well against each other, um, size wise. You know, even with you know, Cat and Rudy being, uh, the, the, they all match up pretty well size-wise. So it'll be very interesting to see how it, how it plays out this season. Yeah, I, I, I mean, who do you think, I mean, thinking about the teams that were, you know, up towards the top of the standings last year and into playoffs, and then thinking about this Wolves team with Rudy Gobert, like, I'm trying to think of what matchups playoff-wise would be a good one for a series. I still go back to thinking Memphis would be the best matchup for the Wolves. Um, and I think now if you got Gobert, that adds rim protection to kind of so, deter Ja more. But at the same time, now you can't punish them as much by trying to get Steven Adams played off the floor because you have <laughs> Rudy Gobert on the floor. So I don't know. It's was, We'll have to see how it works too. We don't, I mean. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of chess matches here, man. I mean, it's, it's uh there's that's a that's a good that's a good one right there memphis the minnesota memphis again um that's yeah that's that's uh you got my brain my brain rolling right now um and trying to look at these some of these matchups um but that would be another good matchup uh you know i I don't think a yeah a golden state wolves matchup isn't good um no that's that that's that's not that's not a good match Um, i'm just trying to envision like Denver Draymond at the five against and then like Wiggins at the four with cat at the four, like <laughs> what that looks like. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah that's, I never, yeah, know. That's, never know, but you're going to see it. It's going to, ha- it's going to yeah, happen it's at some point. Happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, and it's, you know, it's again, you know, with the players that are on the bench now, um, what adjustments, you know, do you make, um, you know, are you able to punish them for, for playing small? Like, you know, right. you, do you have a situation where, you know, now you're, you know, Draymond is, is guarding Rudy. Now you're running uh, ball screens with him and Steph or now the, the mismatch there, um, you know, so, you know, but then it comes to the other side of the court where, you know, Rudy got ha- would have to guard him. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's, it's uh, very interesting. Um, very, very interesting. Um, it's all my brain is just like how yeah, would I when you do said this? that when you yeah when you said that I was like wow it's the gears are turning how how would I go about this how is Chris Finch gonna go about this it's just it's fascinating to think about and I can't wait to see it and the NBA season's less than three months away it feels like it just ended and now we're like all right 90 days and we're back on the court you know I mean middle of October the season's gonna start it's August in two days. So yeah, yeah I, it's going to come quick. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Um, any last NBA thoughts, anything? I mean, the Kevin Durant requested a trade. Did we talk about that last time? That's a whole another thing. Um, 
but nothing's really came about of that, so it doesn't <laughs> really. Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant re- requested a trade, and I mean, people are trying to give up their whole team for him. It's like, whew, yeah. a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces. Um, you know, and locally here we have uh, uh, Tampergate, I guess, they're trying to say the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two of them. They got the PJ Tucker one and the James Harden declining player option. Right. Yes. And then it's like, it's, it's, uh, this is come, it's become Houston again. This is the Houston Rockets East now. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. Um, see how this, how these things all play out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, yeah, Durant, you know, Kyrie resigns. Is Ben Simmons ever going to play? Oh, we got all kinds of things. The Eastern conference is almost (laughs) as fascinating as the Western conference. It's, I think it's going to be a good NBA season. Um, I'm excited for a lot of things that this is going to be, I think it's going to be fun because I think the best thing about this is that the Timberwolves are going to, there's going to be a lot of eyes on the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be good because I don't know if they get enough appreciation from national media. Even last year, they won 46 games. People had no idea what was happening in Minnesota. I'm interested to see how often they're on ESPN, ABC, national media. Um, I think Anthony Edwards could really rise to stardom if he gets to be on TV more right. often. He was on TV all playoffs. People saw him. He had some great performances. Um, I think that's going to be good for just the basketball culture piece of Minnesota, right. not even just like the play of it. Just like I think it's going to be good to grow the game, grow fans for the team. Um, which will probably lead into a lot of bigger things like that we don't need to get into, but like public funding for a new stadium and like all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. is going to come because the Timberwolves are relevant again too. So I'm excited for that. Um, or if it crashes and burns, then, I mean, you're on the <laughs> national media stage and everybody sees your big gamble go wrong. So I don't think that's going to happen, that, but I don't think that's going to happen, but yeah, I'm not, I have no idea. I've, I can't predict the future. So, all right. Well, I think that's all we got. Beautiful, um, man. Good chatting with you. Good seeing you again. We can't wait another month, but I don't know what type of news we're going to get, but hopefully soon we can at least find something to, to talk about too and not have to wait 30 more oh, yeah. days. Yeah. We don't have to so. do that. We, um, I'm pretty much on, I'm off. I'm, I'm off. I'm done with AAU right now. So good. I'm Sounds good. good. Um, All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Ben Online. Again, I'm Brendan Hedke. He's Doug West, and we will be back soon. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.